Well, good morning, and welcome to our next edition of the Pizza Pod. This morning, we bring in Dave Snuggerud, a man of many hats, including school founder, dad, and former Olympian. We'll get to see all of his hats today and listen to his speak on what's going on in today's world, whether it's uh, running a school or coaching hockey. Love is a burning thing And it makes a fiery ring Bound by wild desire I fell into a ring of fire All right, Snuggy, here we go. Dave Snuggeroo joins the Pizza Pot. How you doing, Snuggy? A uh, little bit of homeward bound, but things are going okay. I, uh, it's funny, I think do a lot of sitting around the house, but uh, I was with uh, out in my neighborhood, out taking the dog for a walk last night, and uh, Davy Christian is a neighbor of mine. Was he and, doing crossword uh, puzzles as he was walking <laughs> down the street? <laughs> That's what's so funny about him. He, he's uh, well, Dave's a humble guy, and he knows this the success most, that he's yes. had. <laughs> but he kind of he says he, I kind of like this coronavirus because I love the social distancing. I don't have to interact <laughs> with anybody. It's imposed social <laughs> so distancing. We're screaming, we're screaming at each other across the park, and it was right up his alley. <laughs> yeah, he is. He is as nice a guy as he is. You can tell he feels a lot more comfortable alone than around <laughs> others, right? Yeah, I always, yes, I ask him quite a bit to come show medals with all the kids I interact with, and uh, he, he's so good about it, but you can just see how painful it is. Yeah, yeah, and I'm taking, I, and whenever I see him, uh, he's like, hey, Tony, how are you? And you could just feel like, okay, how can I get out of here in 90 seconds or less? You know what I mean? You ever get that feeling with him? Yeah, that's the way he is. He's just so humble, and he was such a great hockey player. It was kind of cool, all the stuff that they did for the 80 team yeah. uh, this year, early in the winter. And, you know, you saw his face quite a bit popping up. And so I think those guys had a pretty good time together and reliving it and rehashing it. But he said, that was the greatest line. I kind of like this social distancing stuff. I know. I, I can see it. he is that kind of guy. And I would never have met Dave if it weren't for you. So I appreciate it. He's a one of the one of the guys, he's the what Minnesota hockey really stands for, you know, hardworking guy, uh, outgoing enough where he, you know, he's made no enemies wherever he goes, except maybe on the ice, you know, but <laughs> haven't we all, right? Yeah, that's right. All right, so let's start off. I want to talk a little bit about your you're one of the founders, you and Andy Brink, one of the founders of Breakaway Academy. So you're running a a middle school right now of how many students? Yeah, we're uh we started back in 2013 with 25 kids. And now uh this year we're at 105 kids. All right, so uh, attending our school. So it must be uh, like herding cats with 105 kids. What is it like? How is it hurting them now? What are you doing now with this, uh, the distance learning? Tell us about That's it. What's a day in the life? Yeah. yeah, well, it's a little bit crazy right now, but uh, we never get that feeling of herding a group. That was our intent all along, and that's what makes our school work is keeping things small, whether it be in the classroom or on the rink or in a social setting. Just uh, smaller groups can tend to reach more kids uh, a lot more effectively. Uh, but the, the the latest here, thank goodness we were a little bit ahead of the curve, uh, kind of seeing this coming down the road, uh, being teachers and educators. Uh, we had been following it uh, while it was taking place over in China. And we had discussions on, okay, what if scenarios. And so uh, that came about with what if school has to be uh, closed or we won't be able to see our kids. So right. our, our staff is pretty bright people. And uh, prior to this all hitting, we were set to go online uh, and to educate our kids uh, in a way that'll uh, keep them learning and keeping them bright and keeping them uh, educated. So 
that's one thing we feel really good about what we're doing. And so we implemented last week prior to the schools closing, uh, and our kids are doing a great job. But what we're doing now, we're having just conversations. Okay, what's the next step? Right. Uh, and one of the trends now is, you know, we don't know what's going to come about of this, but we know keeping uh, number of students or number of adults uh, not in one room together. Right. So we've now set up, uh, we've set up a, an idea. If we end up do going back to school, it's a small pod of eight kids in a right. room or eight with kids on teacher. the ice. Yeah. With, yeah. With one teacher. And That's so smart. we're having that dialogue now. It's, it's, I have to admit our kids are doing fantastic with the online learning uh, and better yet, our teachers are uh, interacting with them on hourly uh, through uh, we're using uh, different forms of Google and uh, different ways to uh, communicate with the kids and Skyping. And yeah, just so I, it's been really fun. We were talking on the phone the other day before we set this, this pot up and we talked about all the different mechanisms, you know, obviously making some videos via YouTube that they can use and do assignments. There's the Skyping, there's gotta be you and you go, Oh yeah, you forgot about the Google chats and all the other different methods of technology. And I know you snuggy, you're not quite the technology whiz <laughs> and you're using it, right? You're kind of forced to use it and learn it and talk about development of how your staff has, has kind of evolved that way with technology. Well, I, I'm smart enough to listen to smarter people around me. That's right. And we, <laughs> I'm not. A, uh, so we got some. We have uh, some young teachers that are great with technology and just come out of colleges and they know exactly what to do. And that's the first group of people I went to. It's like, okay, what are we going to do here? What's the best way to communicate with kids? And they laid it out there and told me exactly what we had to do. And I'm smart enough to be a good listener. And I said, all right, let's do this. So, and, and even our students uh, are tech savvy yes. and they're suggesting some things. And so now what I've just done, not smart or anything like that, I've just empowered our students. And once you give that feeling to a kid, um, all of a sudden they're like, I really like school. I, I'm yeah. helping out. I'm, I'm serving others. And so they're empowered. That empowerment, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's, and then those are the stories that are coming out of this. And, uh, our, our students are just, are just been great about it. And, uh, and I, and I have the tech, I have the technology. I can see who is online, who's not online, who's working, who's not working. So uh, we're at we're at a ninety five percent rate of the students accessing the curriculum and doing the work. That's pretty good. Uh, I would so think. That, yeah, it's ninety five. And the five kids that I, uh, that weren't, I reached out to them. Yeah. Um, and, and not of uh, accusation. It's you, you need some help. You need support. Support. Well, one of the kids said, well, I got 102 degree temperature. I'm not feeling too good. And so I forget there is always 5% of your kids absent too. Every day. During the, right. <laughs> during the day. Yeah. So this has just been, it's just been great. You know, that's one of the things we, a big message to our kids at our school is just integrity. When no one is watching, yeah. how you act and what are you doing? And I know exactly what these kids are. Their their integrity has been unbelievable. Nobody's watching them. Nobody's forcing things on them. They're just completing the tasks that they have to do. So it's been a, it's been real positive, but a real unfortunate situation. It's really sad what's going on. So obviously, helping train kids with their hockey and hockey development. I mean, that's all kind of out the window right now. I think kids are just left to shooting pucks in their garage. Have, have you seen any other creative things that kids are doing to to stay active? No, I, and I haven't. I haven't, I haven't seen either. anything. I'm waiting um, on Twitter for the for, for something really, really creative. <laughs> Other than Andy Brink, believe it or not, small world, posted a, I don't know why, where he was, maybe it's his neighborhood over. It was like six or seven kids playing street hockey uh, yeah. about a week ago. And he goes, here's the state tournament or state championships being played here today. Or so it was really, it was neat. I think it did really well on, on Twitter, but, but it was like, I couldn't believe how good these kids were, even on at street hockey, how, how talented they were. Yeah. And, and yeah. And we know, and you know, uh, for an athlete to get the most out of their training, it has to be with their peers and in a group. Right. Uh, yes. It's, it's, yes. it's very, very difficult 
to be a, a independent trainer or somebody that trains on their own doing push-ups and sit-ups. It's tough. That's why the, the, yeah, and is and so the 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 video clip was just meant to. I mean, this is how you become a good hockey player too. Yeah, Maybe with some kid just playing street hockey and just like uh, you over at South uh, High there playing with your buddies on the pond. And, yeah, uh, it, that that formula does not go away. That does formula doesn't go away. And so, you know, we we've asked our kids. We put together training programs, videos um, for our Breakaway Academy students. Uh, and I got a video last night of a kid who was down in their basement shooting pucks. Uh, but uh, they need interaction. They just do. It makes it more fun with the training. Yeah, it's tricky. All right, so let's go back. This is kind of the day or the, the, the your life story in a fun kind of way. Uh, let's talk. What was your first influence or first memory of playing hockey? How did you get into hockey? I think you're like me. You're younger or the youngest where you didn't have a choice. Your brother's already played. Is that true? Yeah, that's exactly, that's uh, typically in these families where they develop some good hockey players. It happens to be the youngest. Yes. <laughs> Why? Because they throw them in the nets. Yep. So you got to learn. Me. You got to play. You gotta, yeah. And, and and when you're playing nets, you're like, I can't stop the puck when it goes stick side on the ice. It's impossible. It's impo- so, <laughs> still impossible for me. That's right. So then, as it, when when Tony, when you're going down the ice, it's like okay. Shoot stick side low because it goes know. in every time. A, yeah, so yeah, and so that's the way it was with me. It was we ran down to the basement after dinner, uh, and then they threw me in the nets, and they thought it was funny when the puck went off my forehead. Oh, I'm sure they did. <laughs> yeah, well, and then uh, and then it was uh, off to the outdoor rinks uh, with their families, and there I was glad I had my bigger brothers because uh, there was there was bullies on the rink. They, they pick on you. <laughs> this is yeah. all, I, I've, I've walked in the exact same pair of shoes. <laughs> I, I still haven't figured out, you know, looking back at my life, like, who was a bigger bully, the kids in the neighborhood or the brothers? I'm still having, it's a 50-50 bet at this point. But it was nice having yeah. your brothers there, wasn't it? Well, we, yeah, when you're out there to rink, it was, yeah, because they would solve the problem for you, but they probably were the bigger bullies. Once and you got it behind med- closed doors, right? <laughs> yeah, and but the mediator was mom. Yes. And she was she was like, you figure this out yourself. Oh, I hated that. <laughs> I hated that line, by the way. You guys figure this out. I like, that meant me getting my butt kicked. <laughs> There was a point, I don't remember what age I was and my brothers, but they, was, they were clearly, because I'm way younger than all of them, they were, they were clearly men and I was clearly still a boy. And I could literally just go, Mom! And then literally they, they couldn't touch me because I had figured out Mom was going to protect me. I mean, they were like 17 and I was 9. You know, like they were going to manhandle me. So if I could just say Mom, they would just go running. So... You- and what would your mom do uh, to the brothers? Get your Thank hands you. off of him! <laughs> I'm sure you've heard that one before, right? Yeah, yeah my mom had a wooden spoon. Ooh, that- yeah, <laughs> we didn't have that. We didn't have that. Are, she are never bo- used it. Are your never parents still alive? Your parents still alive? I, I just lost my mom a couple years ago. Uh, my dad's still living. And okay, so your he's dad's a big, still alive. big hockey fan. Loves <laughs> hockey. Oh, going I'm to the sure. rink, going to our high school games, going to watch the kids play. You can't get uh, enough. No, he oh, can't. that's right. He coached with you. Do you remember that? <laughs> he coached uh, with you in squirts when Jimmy uh, was well, in squirts. He, he, yeah, he was always around. He was always around. I wouldn't put him behind the bench because he wasn't politically correct. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> the, the way, I yeah. thought he was on the bench when Jimmy was a squirt. Maybe I not. Had a, I had an uh, older brother did. My older brother was. He was oh, great. okay. All right, all yeah, right, Bill, that's it. Bill, my brother, and he was on the bench with me, and he is, uh, he's got a great great eye for defensemen and seeing plays. But uh, if if I my dad were to be involved, uh, and he says it today, he would definitely be in jail the way he goes. <laughs> <laughs> and and oh, he has a hard funny. time, too. He'll sit in the stands, uh, and my wife will sit next to him for a little bit, and she's got, eventually got to move because he just he will sit there and, and seethe, say things right? that you can't say in a group of people. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But your father-in-law, Jim, the infamous Jim Westby, um, he's not that way, is he? Or does he get does he get a little left skill sideways too? No, in the, in the crowd? absolute opposite. My father-in-law, Jim Westby, played on the 64 Olympic team, and 
He is just a fan of the game of hockey. He's still playing with his buddies over I, at Bloomington. I know. Uh, it's and a, I and I I love their story where they'll they'll play for two hours, ten until noon, Bloomington Ice Garden. And the crew over there, Nancy, yeah. uh, they are just fantastic uh, with them. They let them play, and then they have uh, their uh, buffet lunch afterwards. Yes, yes it's infamous. It's so great. And the best part of it, they'll they'll all have a couple beers. After yep. playing, they'll drive home and they'll take a nap. Yes, the rest of the he's got it made, doesn't he? <laughs> yes, but he was—he's uh, a real fan of the game. Loves watching kids play hockey. He loves the way they move the puck. He says, "All oh, these kids are so good; they can pass the puck so good." Yeah, so, I, I had a chance. I ran into him at the rink. I don't remember. Maybe over Thanksgiving or Christmas. I can't remember. I, I love talking to, to Jim, and and he's always like, "Hey, is there a way that I can?" Watch this game online. He always wants to watch stuff online, you know, as if it's like this. It was in Mars or something. It's it's it's, it's fascinating to hear him talk about the game. Is that would be fantastic? I would love to watch it. So my point is, he's still a junkie, and he's in his eighties. Um, just loves it, and and he'll he'll go to any rink to watch games, whether it be in Roseville uh, to Braemar. And, of course, he's biased. He wants yes. to see his grandkids play and uh, go watch them whenever he can. But he's out there. It's 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 Tuesday, Thursday, Sundays. He skates three days a week. Yeah. And all he wants to make sure is uh, the defibrillator's in the rink somewhere. Yeah. yeah. He's in pr- <laughs> plenty good shape, that's for sure. So before we move on to high school, Dave, talk a little about uh, some of your favorite memories of you being a, a youth player. Well, um it was it it does what i see nowadays too you know these kids get to know each other from all these other teams that yes. they're playing with year round which is just fine because it's an option and that's the way it was for me when i went to kenyako hockey camp right i went about, to that camp how about that one i remember yeah. that oh yeah <laughs> i remember uh uh jack McCartan, the goalie yes uh from he brought his gold medal in did he really uh, the 60 I, olympic i remember team. the yeah 60 olympic team and he uh but, but, uh, and I remember bringing a locker room. He was over at Braemar. I think that's where Ken Yako had his yep. camp. And Minnetonka. Uh, uh, yep. And then, and that, and that way you got to meet other kids from other associations. Yes. Uh, that was really fun. I did do a, uh, an overnight camp up in Brainerd. I can't remember. That was probably the Minnesota uh, hockey camps, wasn't it? Probably, yeah, and it was the goalie. Did Warren Stralo maybe run that? He was involved or? with, with Herb yeah. Brooks and those guys, yeah. And and that was really fun. So the memories are um, playing against other kids and other associations. And then, of course, you had your own buddies and your own group that you played with all the way along. Yeah, uh, which was real. Which was really fun. As I you mean, can you imagine, know. I relished in Bemidji Hockey Camp and these camps, getting to meet other hockey junkies really is what we were we loved it enough for this may sound crazy today but we loved hockey enough where we wanted to play in the summer right yeah i wanted to yep. play i wanted to go to bemidji and play hockey for a week and nothing sounded better than that you know yep and, and it was and it was doing as much as you can and i remember there's a you probably remember a kid uh which was really fun because when you got to do this, you got to see, oh my gosh, that kid's pretty good. Yeah. Oh, or yeah. look at that guy. And I remember Jimmy Walsh, oh, Minnetonka. Minnetonka. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the guy could skate oh. like the wind. He was just unbelievable. And I thought, oh my gosh, I want to be able to skate like that. He was fast. Um, and so that's what was really fun too. You'd see these other great hockey players, of course, playing against Tom Charsky, right. uh, which was, I mean, he could, he had just all the ability and all the skills in the world. And it's like, I want to be like these guys. I want to be able to shoot the puck. I'm glad you went down memory lane there. And, and I, I, I probably, what is it? Every other time I run into you, I remind you of how my PB team beat your PB team in the district playoffs, <laughs> right? How, how, you, do you get sick of me telling you this story? No, it's great because that made me better. Right, I'm right. To you, yeah, right. Well, our well, it was basically Tom Chor. Just for the record, it was Tom Chorsky versus Dave Snuggerud and thirty other kids standing around watching. Right. Well, it's just for the record, okay. Um, we had some we nice. We played over Minnetonka. Yeah, it was at Minnetonka. It was a district semifinals, and we beat you. It was great. It was the greatest thing ever. We beat Hopkins, Limburg, whatever. Right. You know, but then we had to play. You talked about 
Walsh, do you remember that Minnetonka team? Uh, they went undefeated the entire year. They, their only loss was the ch- uh, state championship to Duluth Stewart's. It was like Frankie Gersich and and uh, Timmy Cortez or whatever, right? That's right. Yeah, That's they, right. they were unbelievable. They were like 64-0, and and then they lost. <laughs> Could you imagine I think that? That's when they, they had, yeah, no, I'm, well, I meant because – can't imagine i played against him i lost to him six times that year oh it's not like you played these teams once or twice no there God. wasn't as many teams my, and every time i played him i was like oh you don't have a chance my dad's business partner for 30 years was a guy named bill stevens and his son tim stevens was on that team and he played at minnetonka high school played four years at princeton and they were just a machine that team, it was that was one of the best teams I've ever seen in my life. Was that Pee Wee? And team. I remember they were never real humble about it. They, cause the parents <laughs> had the, the parents, no, they had the cowbells. They had, remember the cowbells? Well, so be I, I can take it one step further, Snuggy. This team, <laughs> we had like I had a West hockey jacket, West area. That's where we're Chorsky tor- from, by Lake of the Isles. We had a West hockey jacket, and I wore that jacket probably for six years. This team had their own swag, and the swag <laughs> included blue cowboy hats with a white M on it. So they'd walk in the rink, they all had cowboy hats on, and we are like, all right, it's 10 to nothing before the puck even dropped. <laughs> True or false? That was exactly what it was. It used to drive me nuts. They would just <laughs> walk around in their Minnesota blue and... Cowboy it hats, fun, it was a big deal. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, we could go down memory lane there. Okay. So, oh, fast forward. So what was what was your high school career like? I mean, it wasn't very storied. We'll get to the junior career in a second. But talk about your high school career. What was it like? Both high schools merged. Eisenhower and Lindbergh merged. Was that a good thing, bad thing, or just kind of nothing? Well, and, and that's the thing. I, I wish I had some beefy stories, but it was just what the moral of the story nowadays, too, and back then is just you're playing with your buddies. Yeah. I mean, we were we were singing in the back of the bus, having fun, whether you win or lost. It was just hanging out with your friends and playing hockey with the group that you play with all the way through, uh, which was really a fun experience. Um, but we, you know, we I, th- I, I claim that we put Ian Prairie on the map and started this great run because they beat us back in 83. Really? <laughs> uh, and the second, I mean, there were nobody then. Yeah, it was like um, farms but, back then. Yep, they beat us in the uh, section final game. Um, but the, it was always fun because uh, playing the section games at the Met Center, that was always the goal. I get to the Met Center. Got to get to the Met. Now it's like get to Mariucci. Yeah. It was back then it was the Met. I, yeah. I just was, the greatest moment of your life is stepping foot on that ice, right? Yeah, because you the, the just you remember the green and gold and black and white seats and yeah. um and uh I, I always remember I don't want to get off topic here, but going to the North Star game and my dad would take me down there and the corridor around the outside of the rink, outside the seats there, it was so small and so tight. Yes. And then it was just Filled with smoke. I mean, everybody yes. had smoke. Do you remember the bar that was upstairs, like the secret bar, like like the fancy people would go to? I never I once to... made it to that bar. No, I didn't either. It was that, I don't know. It was like the club or something. It was like, like a that. club, club. You know, like only the important people got up there. But I just remember, just oh my gosh, it was so great going to those North Star games, and that corridor was. Tiny. It was packed. It was a little like shoulder to shoulder (laughs) packed. All right, let's uh, skip ahead. I want to go. You're probably not going to be prepared for this, but it was something I remember you told me a long ago. Um, You were. You didn't go straight to the Gophers and 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 play on the first line. You had at least one year, or was it two years of juniors with the Bloomington Junior Stars? Yeah, I was there for one year. One year, okay. And talk about the day you decided Dave's going to just walk out and leave. What happened then? <laughs> you, you told me this story, so it's public, yeah. right? So <laughs> this isn't unearthing something. You left, and Coach Talifos did what? Well, there, there was the uh, – at the time, USHL had the St. Paul Vulcans included and the Minneapolis or Bloomington Junior Stars. Yep. Um, Bloomington, and- Minnesota Junior Stars. So this is playing at Bloomington Ice Garden. Yes, and it was yeah, it was, and I went to Normandale. I was going to go to Normandale at the time, but I had nothing going on. My hockey was all done, and I'm not trying to create a Cinderella story and like this. It's just oh, it's a neat story uh, though. 
and just a little bit of the fate, but uh, I end up Dean Talfus, who I give credit today for helping me out uh, with my game and be able to play both ends of the rink. But uh, said, "Hey, we're going to start this team." So, uh, which was going to be the Bloomington Junior Stars. Uh, Kemp's Ice Cream was a sponsor. Yes, what that? Yes, I remember yep. that. Uh, Larry Johnson was one of the uh, helped founded it. Yep, uh, that's Jeff some, Johnson's uh, dad, the guy he played. Uh, yep. Larry was a, like a tailback at the for the Gophers, right? Is that right? Ah, uh, Jeff is the Edina Pee Double A coach. He's been over there for a long time, but yeah. I don't know. Do you have a? But his dad, Larry, I think played Gopher hockey or played football. One of the two at the U. Yes. Yeah, I know. Very involved with USA hockey, but uh, so he was involved, and they had some other uh, people involved, uh, but. This group started, and we were a bunch of kids from around the. Uh, we had a kid from Crookston, uh, Judding. Remember the Judding yes, family from Richfield? Uh, yeah, Richfield. He was on the team. Uh, Frank Kersich, who brought up his name yep. earlier, beaten Duluthies. He was involved in the team, uh, playing on the team. But we played uh, the year together. Uh, but during that year, uh, I wasn't real motivated hockey player, and so Dean Talvis said, "Well." you're not going to try hard. There's no sense being here. Um, so I, I said, no, I'll try harder. And whatever, a week later, he says, no, nah, you're done. You got to get out of here. You're, you're not putting any effort that you have to put in. here." Really? Yeah. So it, it was fair. Uh, learning experience. And I had to come back a week later with the tail between my legs and learn my lesson. <laughs> All right. I, I want to try this. Um, at this point uh, and- in your life. Okay. So sorry to get too graphic about this. Sorry, but at this point in your life, you're like, are you are you attending classes at Normandale? Yeah, okay. I, 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 and that, and I was going to school, and I, and I want and I knew I wanted to be a school teacher. At okay. that, I was lucky enough to know that as a junior in high school, I right. had to drive to want to teach school. I had okay. to drive to want to uh, be in education. Right. So that's. Uh, but when I'm going to Normandale, I'm taking classes and just all my generals, and then. Uh, I, I, I kind of got bored. I needed some exercise and doing something. That's why I went back and said, uh, you know, I, I can put effort into my schoolwork and I can put effort into my hockey training. And, 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 um, and that, but I did have to ask, I said, yeah, I need help. And you need to teach me how to play the game of hockey. I had skills. I was lucky enough, blessed to be able to do some things offensively. Right. But he taught me, he Dean taught me how to do play both ends of the rink. And, and I was putting extra time in before practices and then after practices. And then I was thinking more hockey in the evening. And then I started following college hockey and my world became hockey, which really excited me. And at the same time, I knew I still could become a school teacher. So uh, yeah, with like, my I world, can hockey hockey. Thing. I can take it as far as I want. And then when that's over, I can become a teacher. Yeah, exactly. That's a pretty nice so, path. Well, yeah, but it it uh, he he it was really nice. He dedicated his time and effort in, to me becoming a better hockey player, and I just I, what ended up happening. I started playing better, and when you start playing better, that's the magic formula. It's nothing that a coach can say or do. It's just you have to go out and perform uh, every practice. You have to go out and perform every game, and that's what I ended up doing and taking on the passion of becoming a great hockey player. And um, of course, of course, I didn't end up that way. I ended up as okay hockey player. But. Uh, I will disagree with that. <laughs> um, I thought you were a fantastic hockey player at the U. I, I remember getting there, and I, I'm a year behind you, so we probably arrived at the same time, right? Like 84, 85, 85, or you probably arrived the same year Chorsky did then, right? If you graduated high school in 84. Oh, yeah, yeah, because I played the year juniors, and then Tommy came in right out of high school. And, and, and if that's anybody, when you were there. And I was actually in high school still, so I got there in 86. But I remember in 85, you arrived as a freshman, he arrived as a freshman, and everybody thought, okay, he's Mr. Hockey. He's going to step into the lineup and have 55 to 70 points play with Corey Millen. And that's not the case. If you look at his stats, I think Tom was well under 10 points, maybe maybe. 10 possible points his freshman year. Meanwhile, this fuzzy head kid from Hopkins, Snuggery, is <laughs> blowing up. You had a huge fresh. You didn't, you did never stop. I mean, you had a great freshman year, if I recall. Well, I'm not, and, and, and Tommy was a, he's an outstanding, I was an outstanding hockey player. And, and don't say that he, 
there's always that learning curve for every yeah. athlete. Oh, yeah, he'd be the there's first to always, admit it. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, and, and, and I was the same way too. So I played they at that time they had a JV team at the University of Minnesota. Correct. So I didn't just come out of the storm there playing no. for hockey as a freshman. I uh I was playing J V hockey, which what it was it was that's frustrating, but I just it's okay. It's you don't get everything you want right away in life. Um and so I just worked hard and played J V till half the year and then uh, around Christmas time, I had a chance to make a road trip. One of the older seniors, I think he ran into some grade problems. And yeah. so Doug Wu gave me a chance uh, to jump in there. And so we went out to Lowell. Uh, in Boston. My, my, yeah, Boston. Uh, my first shift out there, uh, I ended up getting assist. I thought, oh, my gosh. I passed it to Dave Grannis. Uh, yeah. I played with Davey Grannis and, and Paulie Broughton. And then they got the puck over to Davey Granis and he scored. I thought, oh, my God, this is kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think this was easy. I just thought, oh, that was kind of fun. So um, and, and, and so then I just and I knew I did not want to give up that position uh, yeah. on the team to anybody else. And so it was just as what I learned in juniors. It was every practice. It was before practice. It was after practice doing those things uh, that make you be a consistent player. And so the formula is not magical. It's, it's doing what you have to do day in and day out to be the best, whatever you want to become. And the kind of the rest is history. I mean, that you had a, a great, that 85, 86, 87, this is all the years I was there. You had final fours and, and then you made it to the Olympics and all those things. Let's talk briefly about the Olympics. Again, these are just softball questions for me because I know from being your friend for the last few years. Talk about, you, you told me a story about being in the Olympic Village uh, with all these, we'll, we'll put air quotes on this, world-class athletes. You were in a room with world-class athletes. They truly were. They're Olympians, right? <laughs> But you were just well, a college, yeah. you were just a college kid. Did you consider yourself a world class athlete at this point, or did, or not? It was the '88 Olympics. Yes, Tony, and, and it was these all uh, these elite athletes was the Jamaican bobsled. Yes, <laughs> yeah. And it was remember the guy Eddie the Eagle. It was that that year too. <laughs> yeah, it was that that year too. But, oh. but uh, I'll joke in a second. So you were not really the worst elite, athlete. Right? You were you were maybe like the fifth worst athlete at this point that was in That's the games, right? right? I put myself right above Eddie the Eagle. Yes, for sure. <laughs> well, that's 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 uh, nice to know. But these 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 athletes, it just brought a whole different light because you know I knew I had to practice hard, but then I found oh there's another side of this, and this is the nutrition piece. Yeah, and this is the yeah, the rest and. Uh, uh, piece and taking care of your body and taking care of yourself. Uh, and that's uh, a big piece that I learned during the Olympics is like, as, cause you're walking around a village, you're just, you're with these guys and you're seeing what they're eating all the time and seeing how they're treating themselves. And everybody had a water bottle in their hand at all times. And, uh, so that was a, it was a, that was a good experience as far as how can I enhance my own personal, um, athleticism and that was just taking care of your body with the nutrition piece of it what a moment though for you to to put on the not not necessarily the usa jersey that's not as special as putting on the the, the uniform and walking through the opening ceremonies that must have been pretty cool well it, it, uh, that whole that whole experience actually happened back in um uh is actually july when the tryouts were taking place. Yeah. It probably was uh, that the was, Olympic festival, maybe? Did they have Olympic festivals? Yeah, those, Olympic yeah. Festivals remember yeah. those? They had, they had Olympic yep. festivals, and, and those Olympic festivals happened in the summer. And one year we were down in Houston, Texas, and one year we were in, I think, Kansas City. That year happened to be in North or South Carolina. No way. Um, they had hockey yeah, and South Carolina. in South Carolina? Yeah. yeah, they did. And they had what they did, they invited 80 guys and we broke us up into four teams. And they were using that as the Olympic tryout. Uh, for the hockey team. Yep. And who was the and, coach of the 88 team? Was that? Yeah. Was, was Dave, Dave well, Peterson? Minneapolis. Dave, yeah, Dave, Dave Peterson. Peterson. Minneapolis. Well, goalie and yeah. yeah, real good. The and, rat. Um, we called him the rat. <laughs> His family well, probably wouldn't was, like that, but he was the rat. <laughs> well, he's pretty, uh, I like those goalies that are coaches nowadays. They yeah. Do a pretty good job. They see, they see the ice way better than us. That's for sure. That's right. And their demeanors are really good with it. But anyway, so we had all 
uh, had the trial going on there, and they brought all 80 guys into the room. And they just said, if your name is called, you stay in. If your name's not mentioned, you'll leave. And that was, it wasn't posted. It wasn't tweeted. It wasn't <laughs> anything like that. And so you're sitting there and you got some of your buddies from the University of Minnesota sitting next to you and their name didn't get called. And so you're, you're, you're excited. Are you just sweating at this yourself. point? Are you just sweating? Yeah. Like, and it just, and it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was very intense. And that, so you say the memories of it. I, I remember that because it was something that, you know, it wasn't something I was training for a week before. It was something I was training uh, my whole sophomore year when I was playing uh, right. at the University of Minnesota. Um, and so when you say training, moment, were you training with Jack Blatherwick as well? Yes. Yeah. How about that? Jack Blatherwick uh, and a lot of guys that are listening that did train for him. They remember a place called the dungeon yep. uh, where we did the training and it was nothing magical with the training. It was the same things there. These NHL guys are doing now with the plyometrics and, and working on explosion on Russian sleds. And yep. it's the same. It's just so funny. It's the, the training is, is, is really nothing magical that you have to do today to be successful. It was the same thing 20 years ago. And I still believe Jack uh, had a lot to do with that 80 Olympic team because him and Herbie were buddies. Yeah. Um, I'm I mean, training those guys. Yeah. That's one of the untold stories of the 80 Olympic team that nobody ever talks about. Right. Yes, that their conditioning and their training. Yes, uh, Herb believed in it, and he was a, a kind of an entrepreneur the way he was thinking on how to train. Uh, but Jack, those conversations happened over a cup of coffee between Jack and Herbie on how these kids should be training. Uh, and it's fun listening to Jack because now Jack is currently training my son and, and some of his buddies. Uh, uh, not today, but uh, they have been well, a week ago. Uh, but he's um, and he just he just his training and his positivity and his the way he's teaching these guys to become faster players, become smarter players uh, has been great. And Jack is now the consultant to our breakaway academy. Uh, he's telling our guys what they have to be doing. But but that that training took place with Jack um, for, you know, for it was about 18 months prior to that, to that sitting down in that room, hoping your name got announced. Right. Um, which was cool. Um, so th- I'm glad you brought up Jack. We were going to kind of head off a couple different the tracks a couple different times. This is a great one. I, I, I watch, you know, Jack is a, a rink rat, you know, and, he, you know, I love watching the guys that he trains. He always seems to find the kid that uh, may be underdeveloped physically, but over just just an unbelievable skill. So Joe Miller is a perfect example of someone who's trained with Jack. You can just see that he's, as he's worked with Jack, the stronger he's gotten, the better he's gotten. He's been able to take his IQ and his skill to another level. And Jimmy's the same way. And I'm sure that I'm guessing Max Burkholder is another one of those kids that works with Jack too, right? Just based on what I've seen. Yeah. It doesn't take much to figure it out. Like, okay, super skilled, late bloomer. Um, works hard, you know. That's kind of Jack's always been Jack's formula, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, I mean, he, he, yeah, he knows the formula, and and part of it, his formula is just constantly being positive with these athletes. Yeah, because this game, this game is full of mistakes every shift. Yes, uh, but he he believes by training them with speed uh, and hockey IQ that when they do make the mistake, their, their skill level of speed and uh, hockey IQ will make up for those mistakes real quickly. And he can teach that to these kids. And he just, uh, he does just such a great job uh, taking the time and examining during a training session oh, and he'll stop them. And this is what you got to be able to do. And then if he, if he doesn't get his message, then he's tech savvy enough and he sends him texts. Like, right. wait a second, remember back in the half hour point of our training and you uh, kind of weren't using your outside edge when you're turning the corner? Well, you got to make sure you're using that outside edge. And this is what you can do off ice to improve that. And so he just fantastic. Try. And he, he's currently writing, I think, for Let's Play Hockey or he does yep. some writing, he some articles. Some, yeah. and, and he's real, and, you know, he's real positive with that. He's, he, yeah, with he's it. been, he's written some great stuff over the years for sure. 
Yeah. All right. Let's talk about, uh, before we get into Entrepreneur Dave, I want to talk a little bit about uh, Teacher Dave. Uh, what, <laughs> what was it that said, hey, I want to be a teacher? Was it a teacher or was it a, what was the moment that you knew that that's kind of what I wanted to do? Well, there was a program in high school that allowed me to get out of uh, school and get off campus. No way. Uh, it was great. <laughs> I didn't go to the Tom Thumb, get yep. myself a, a potato wedge and some ketchup rather than eating the school lunch. Yep. And, and I can get out for a little bit. <laughs> so uh, that's what I, and so I signed up for a, a, a program to work at an elementary school. Um, and then I got over to the elementary school and they, and they asked me to work in a special ed room special education room with autistic kids. And I was like, hey, the pizza wedge sounds pretty good. I'll do this. I don't care. Right. But the minute I walked in there, I just, I, I remember it today too. It's just in goosebumps. So this is fantastic. These kids need some help. And I can be able to provide the support without uh, using so much energy because it's something I liked doing right away. Right. And I just, it was, it was instant for me when I walked into that room. Um, and I still remember some of the students today uh, that I had uh, back 40 years ago. So. Was, it a, uh, was that, it a light bulb moment? Is that what it was? Yeah, it was. It's yeah. He walked in the room. It's like, this is what I want to do. Did you start asking questions? Kids. Did you start asking teachers questions right away? Well, uh, no. I was just observing and, and, and observing. And what I observed was, too, is the way the teacher was interacting with the kids. I thought that was really cool, too. So not only was I intrigued by helping uh, some aut uh, the autistic students, uh, and I was a student at the time, too, so I guess it would be an autistic peer. Right. Um, uh, but watching the teacher, oh my gosh, look at the patience they have. Yeah. Look at those uh, and, are... and that was really cool to me. So I bypass after the second week, I bypassed the Tom Thumb potato wedge and just got there as soon as I could. Really? Uh, and then, then I knew that's what I wanted to do. It's like, oh my gosh, I got to be, I want to be a teacher. And so so th that's what took me down the road of that. So after your pro career, do you want to touch on your, I know you played for Buffalo and I know you played for the Moose. How many years pro did you play? Three years, yeah, there four was, years? Yeah, it ended up being four years, but three, a little over 300 games in NHL. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, it was, yeah, it was great. I mean, I didn't ever, I never thought I'd get there. Um, and that, so I was, um, I mean, like I said, it's not a Cinderella story, anything like that. It's, it's what, what ended up really pushing me and driving me when I was at the University of Minnesota, uh, so I left for the Olympic team in 88. Mm -hmm. uh, and then most of my buddies from the Olympic team were going on to sign NHL contracts. And I'm like, ah, I got to get closer to my teaching degree. Right. Uh, should I go, should I go back another year or should I go sign with Buffalo? Um, but the, 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 the teaching business kind of wanted me to go back. So I went back to the university of Minnesota and we had a real good team. We had Stabler in the nets. Uh, of course, Chorsky was on the team. Uh, Todd Richards, who was a, a real good friend of mine. But we had a lot of great guys on that uh, 89 Olympic team. Hankinson's. You had, but uh, here's, a great here's a couple names that were on that team that nobody will ever remember. Brett Strote was probably on that Strote, team. Yeah. And he, he, uh, Brett coached the uh, women's Olympic team. Yes, with well, Stauber. Yeah, with Stauber. Great guy. And then John Anderson. Do you remember how he just blew up that year? I mean, he had, yeah, white bear like yeah he had like he talk about jv he was probably fourth line jv when he arrived at the u and four years later he's playing scoring in in bunches in the final four at the at the civic center i mean this that's a cinderella yep. story i mean that's a kid but who really just kept working at it and got all the way better not, i was always a big fan yeah not because of me we played together it wasn't because of me he blew up it was because of hankinson his other winger Peter Hankins. Peter, yeah. <laughs> he was the glue, right? I mean, talk about one of the most unsung yeah. unsung gophers of all time. And he was he'd be well, right up there. And and, and that's what's kind of cool about that that year and that team. 
you know, everybody, we didn't have any like super studs on that team. Everybody, we could just roll Grant Bischoff. We could just roll three, four lines and six defensemen. Uh, Jason, and Miller of course, was, Jason Miller was on that team yeah. too. And Randy yeah. Scarta. I mean, we just, that was a, that was a special it team. Helped. Really special team. It helped team. having Robbie Stauber too, though. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Lance Pitlick was on that team. I mean, that team was oh my just, God. just, Lance just keep would going. would kill somebody every game. We just would wait for you. We would just rush somebody. <laughs> Isn't it funny? Both of his sons are like super skilled. And I'm not that Lance didn't have skill, but if you remember one thing about Lance Pitlick, you know, you're 92 years old in a nursing home and someone comes up and says, what was Lance Pitlick like as a player? And you would say, killer. Right? That would be the word that would come <laughs> yeah. to my mind, right? Yeah, but he had the right mindset on what he had to do to get better. I mean, he came from nothing, too. He had, he's a great story. He's a great person to talk to about if, well, if you really want to be successful, this is what you have to do. Yeah, and, he was uh, that's, hardworking. That's you, know, oh. he, you know, he played at Cooper. You know, it wasn't Armstrong Cooper back then. It was Cooper. They had some decent teams, though. You know, they were probably in your conference. They had some decent teams. So did Armstrong. So, all right. Uh, so let's, okay, so we've talked about your, your wannabe teacher. And how many years in the Wyzetta school system did you sit before you started Breakaway? So 2013 was when Breakaway opened. So this has got to be at least 20 years, 15 years? Yeah, so I was, I was in the YZ schools for 18 years. 18 years, wow. Kind of, yeah, what's kind, of, what's kind of cool about is, so, you know, you know why start a school or why, um, why pursue hockey and, and, uh, and teaching? So uh, this, is, this is kind of, it's interesting because uh, I think about this quite a bit as, as I'm, as I'm, Trying to, there's not a money, not a lot of money in teaching, which is fine. Right. That, that's the path I chose. And so you have to supplement your income. And that's why I have a background in hockey. Right. So I, I can start, start starting hockey schools. So, and I remember my first year, it was 88, it was after the Olympic team. Um, and I was going back to school. All my buddies signed an NHL contracts. And I'm thinking, okay, I got no money. I'm back from the Olympics. So I just started to start a hockey school. My brother and I did uh, in, in 88. Which brother? So, How many brothers? You have four brothers? Uh, yeah, I have three older brothers. Three older brothers, just like so, me. All right. Yep. Yep. Okay. Sounds, sounds familiar. Yes. Except the, yes. the, 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 the end result is you are much more successful than I am. So i got to figure this out. <laughs> i got to find the – there's a little – there's a uh, sound effect in here, like a drum beat, like a boom somewhere. I can't find it on this keyboard. All right, keep going. Which brother so, was it? Uh, Which brother? Uh, it was brother uh, Bo. Bo. Okay, so, so he's there's, uh, three there's years older Bo than me. And, and Bo, and then, and then I have an older brother named Bill Snuggerud. Yep. And my oldest one is Tom Snuggerud. All played hockey. It was cool. They, my uh, parents, end up watching hockey. Uh, high school hockey for 13 years straight as my oldest brother started and I went all the way through me it was just every game they sat stood in the corner for 13 years watching high school hockey uh, and uh, never a peep about playing time no. never a peep about <laughs> it's just no. like and, and I was actually I was lucky I was lucky if my dad would go to any of my soccer games in high school. Uh, oh, <laughs> by the way, let's let's go back. Let's go glory days. Uh, I talk about my Hopkins, Limburg, Pee Wee, A uh, victory. Uh, I just got to put this out there to keep things equal here. Uh, you're a state champion in soccer. Uh, who? What team did you defeat in the state <laughs> finals when you won? Uh, you know, this song. You don't even really remember, bad. do you? I don't remember. <laughs> Minneapolis Southwest. <laughs> you beat our high school, and you were the goalie, oh. and congratulations. So the, keeping see, that, things another, even right there, right? That was pretty good. I, I should have brought that up, but I, I can't even remember because it's funny. I teach our kids a lot at school is is um, you're going to have setbacks. You always have setbacks. And yep. Whenever it's have setbacks, it's how do you react to it. So yep. whatever. You don't pass your spelling test. Um, doesn't make you a bad kid, but what are you going to do about it? Right. Um, and so now, and I'm thinking uh, this could be some of my story, my history in the background. Um, I end up playing soccer. We won it my senior year. Yes. And maybe I'm thinking, well, maybe why didn't I pursue soccer as something to go down the road? 
but I, I, I look back and it's, I think it's because I didn't have to persevere. Like we won it. No, it's like, okay. That's it. You know, because right? <laughs> well, I, I was talking earlier about then we, uh, so I came back in 89 with the, um, after the Olympics on the University of Minnesota. And then we lose to Harvard. Devastating uh, in loss. The, yeah. Yes. It was awful. But that totally put fire in me. I was like, I got to keep doing this. I got to figure out how I can win somewhere along the way. So hence my soccer story. We want it. Oh, okay. Move on. I'm done. We lose. <laughs> if you lose, you'd probably be uh, still playing soccer somewhere. Have yeah. a soccer, soccer academy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, history. Uh, oh, history has got an interesting way. Yeah. I forgot where I was at here. So, um, you said something about your parents going to soccer games. They would rarely come to the no. soccer games or whatever. No. They didn't go to every game. I mean, my parents, no. they tried, but, you know, my dad showed up at my uh, – I made it to state in golf, and my dad showed up for the final round of my senior year state. <laughs> and he didn't know where to run. He didn't know where to walk. He didn't know where to go or – you know, he was. But, but the point is, like, the parents weren't as involved as they are today. They just weren't. They were too busy. No, uh, yeah, it just it, they. Yeah, well, I don't know if they're too busy. It's just that they had their own life, and I think my parents always thought, "Well, this is kind of your deal, right? Uh, you know, do your best, make sure you're home for dinner, right? And but but it's okay. Today's well, it's fine. Parents are involved. I think it's great. Right. That's what they want to do. Super. All right. We're coming up. We got 10 minutes to go in this one hour. Uh, I want to talk a little bit more about being an entrepreneur. Uh, where did it, where did oh, it you come know, from? I was going to, I, I forgot. From? I'm going to go, I'm going okay. to take it back. So I, we were coaching talking hockey, about at the hockey school, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Supplementing so, your so uh, income, right? Yeah. 88 start the, the hockey school. Um, had never coached before. I just was a participant and a player. Uh, and then I remember in, in uh, Casey Hankinson, the youngest Hankinson yeah. will tell you the story. Um, his, he was a peewee at the time, I believe. Yeah. And the Hankinsons were not kind enough to get about 15 kids to go to our hockey school from Edina. And, <laughs> and we go out, we get out very first day, we go on the ice and have a good little skate. And then the next day we come back on a Tuesday uh, and it's time to start. And all the kids are sitting in the locker room. It's like, what are you guys doing? Let's go. We got to start. And they had no interest of going on the ice. It was hockey school. It was time to play and hang out with your buddies and relax. I just remember, I just like, what are you thinking? You got to get out there. <laughs> Did you let them have it? <laughs> I just let them have it. <laughs> I wish I had a video of that because I'm sure I just look like an absolute moron. Screaming <laughs> at these kids. But Casey Hankinson tells me the story how pissed I was. <laughs> and that just and, shaped them up, right? Yeah, just whatever, one ear and out the other. And I thought, okay, this is not the way you approach. So that's what I learned from that experience. And so what ended up happening, Tony? So if, if, and, and what, what it just it is what it is. I remember teaching at Wayzata, and I saw 150 middle school kids that had, they were sixth graders. So yep. I saw 150 kids. Uh, they would cycle through. And then let's say this is September, that time of the year, September when school started, I'd see 150 kids. And then to supplement the income, I would go uh, work my own hockey school. So I'd see 25 Bantams, 25 Peewees, 25 Scores, 25 Mites in one night over four hours, right. five hours in the night. So I'm seeing, I'm seeing at that time, oh, roughly two, 250 kids a day. Yeah. And I'm interacting with 250 kids a day. And, uh, and to me, that's really important that I am impacting or helping a kid, whether it be one kid or 250. And so it was really, I had a real passion for that and wanting to do my best because every kid was there to become better at something or become smarter or to be impacted in a way. And it, and it's real easy for a kid to say, oh, that teacher is a jerk or that coach right. is a and I, and I didn't want that. I didn't want to be that person. Right. So I was really conscious day after day with those 250 kids that I have to be on my best because I've, and so what I've done over the, and I did this for 20 years, I've been interacting with young adults, um, middle school kids, 
uh, for 20 years. And it, in, in the winter time, it wasn't quite 300 kids. It was still 150, but I was working my kids' youth hockey team and the high school team. So I'm seeing uh, whatever, 200 kids during that time. And then the summertime, it would double, be 400 kids because I was just running hockey schools all day long. Whatever. My point being that the interaction with these kids it's, it is very important. And a teacher can tell you this. You always have to be on your A game. You don't have time to, to be mad as kids start screaming at them and for no reason. There always had to be a reason. Because what I've learned, every kid that I come across, they want direction. They yeah. want guidance. They want that. Uh, they, they, they're screaming for it. And so I knew I had to provide that. But on the same token, you have to, every kid has to understand that you really care for them. So the, the two, the, the needs for any adolescent is this is what you're going to do. This is how you're going to act. This is how you're going to get there. But you have to do it in a way that they really believe that you care for them. And so I've kind of worked with that formula and it's, it's, it's gotten me success because uh, well, number one, my wife's great. She allows me to yep. do these things. Um, Saint Anne, uh, right? Is that what we call her? Saint Anne. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, and and number two, um, uh, I just had have had some experience over the twenty years. So, and, and that's what's kind of driving me to start the school. It's you know every kid has a chance academically and uh, athletically for that for that matter. All right, I got to ask you a question that's like going to be totally off off base here, but. I've worked with you. We've coached together, uh, and I've watched you. It's it, you're almost like the guy with yarn, and then the kids are like the cats, and you're just toying with these kids. You make it look so easy. Is it easy, or is it just through practice, or what? Why do you make it look? How is it so easy for you to to train and work with kids? Uh, um, I gotcha, huh? <laughs> well, I can go back to that very first day I walked into that classroom because you weren't when I was in with school. with or or yeah, or even with Casey Hankinson, you weren't that good then, were you? No, <laughs> no, no. So, so, so you do, you do, you learn, and you learn all the time. But I can't tell you, and my wife will tell you how many there. It, it it's three in the morning. I get up. Yep. Okay, well, how are we gonna? What's going on with our high school hockey team? What's going on with this math student? Why can't this kid become a better uh, shooter with the puck? And and she will tell you, and she will, it's like, it, I, I can't tell you the number of times I get up at three in the morning. But to me, that's just passion. It's just <laughs> passion. Um, and, and, and that's fun for me. Uh, so that, but you, you learn and, and, Whatever. I, I don't know exactly what your question was. Well, the question is, it, how do you make it look so easy? And I know I'm yeah. trying to make you look, I'm trying to humble you here a little bit, but you're fantastic with kids. And I love it when people call and ask me about Great Breakaway Academy. Should we send our kid to Breakaway? And I'm like, don't send your kid to Breakaway to make him a better hockey player. Send your kid there to work with, with Ranheim on skating. Sure, maybe work with Andy Brink on some stick handling. But really what the, the real choice there is, is Dave Snuggerud and his, and his teachers because they're going to treat your kid with a lot of respect. They're going to treat your kid with uh, dignity and they're going to train them. They're going to teach them how to become better students and better people. And if, hey, if they become better at hockey, that's a bonus. And that's nice to say that, Tony. I mean, uh, it's, uh, and it, uh, I'm humbled by it. It's great. But it's just, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. I don't have an answer for you. Uh, I know. And, I'm and, giving you and a And the time. school's going great. Yeah, the school's going great. Uh, the kids are the kids are happy. Do they make mistakes? For sure. Uh, but we correct the problems right away. We make sure that you get know, them headed in the right direction. Uh, but it's – and, and, and another thing, too, I, I'm, I'm smart enough, like I told you before, I, I surround myself with really good people. We have great teachers surrounded. Uh, now now we're, gonna, we're talking about going out to Woodbury and expanding yep. uh, on the east side. That's exciting, uh, so, isn't it? Is it yeah, it's exciting. Uh, and I'm excited about all the people I've been interviewing that are really great people where we can model the same team we have on the west side and bring them over to the east side. Uh, I'm so excited about that and because that's what you need. It's your team. It's like I said earlier, it's who you surround yourself with. Uh, Andy Brink, uh, Eric Westrom now is involved with us. Right. 
a very bright person, can can run a business, can help people out along the way. And like I said, Jack brought out some board, but whatever. We just have some fantastic people, and that's what you need. If you can surround yourself with good people, I'm even smart enough to recognize that. I can make myself look good, Tony. So yeah, it's good. absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> All right, uh, last question. Let's talk just a little bit about your personal life. I know you have two daughters and two sons and uh, – Wife Anne, talk about a little bit about your family. Who, where are they in life, and uh, how did you get there? Well, it's it's great. I'll, I'm going to brag about my oldest son. Um, Jake. Or- who love, yeah, Jake. Yep, he's, he's a senior at Bemidji, but he loves, he loves, um, he loves hockey. He loves being around hockey. Uh, he got the chance to play varsity hockey, Chaska, and uh, he wanted to continue in the hockey world, and and so now he went to Bemidji, and he's the equipment manager for the girls' team. Loves the rink, loves the smell of the rink, loves being around the rink, loves talking hockey with the coaches. Um, and so now he's pursuing a world uh, within hockey and looking at different uh, uh, manager jobs with different teams. So he's currently now going to finish up here in June uh, with his degree. And then He pursue, didn't start at Bemidji, though, did he? Uh, he was somewhere in Wisconsin to start with, right? Yeah, he was. Over at uh, Wisconsin Stout. Okay, yeah, um, that's what I thought. And yep, it wasn't fulfilled there because he missed hockey. He's like, I want to be around hockey, and he went and looked at uh, different places that he could go. And saw Bemidji had a uh, D1 team, and he wanted to go there just to be go to the games. Yeah. Uh, and then he kind of was aggressive and says, "Hey, you need some help around the rink," and so he found his uh, way that uh, that way. And then my daughter Ellie is a school teacher. She's at the University of Minnesota. Um, she's That's probably the most happens. organized, structured, disciplined of any snuggerud. She's uh, still in school, though, right? Yep, yep. At she's a junior this year. Okay, yeah, at the U, and uh, she's doing the online classes right now with the with the coronavirus. They're uh, yep. she's um, they're doing those classes now, and she's she's disciplined right now. She's sitting there listening to the classes. She's disciplined there doing all of her homework. She's just a really a, a neat person. Is she quarantined down a, at the uh, U, or is she at home right now? She came back. I We're asked because I have a We're sophomore all... in college, and he's from I goes Iowa State, and my Jake anyway, and and yeah. he's he's here now because it's spring break, and he's not sure if he's going back because their school just got put to full online for the rest of the year. Yeah, it's amazing how these things are changing hourly. Yeah. Oh, we're, we're talking on now, well, or whatever. So it's all hearsay. But we're trying to plan our education just like your Jake is yep. trying to figure out his education. Um, so I'm bouncing ideas off my daughter here. What should we do with right. online stuff? And she's been great uh, as a teacher. And then I have a daughter named Emma who's a senior, and she's finding her way uh, with different colleges. She hasn't decided on one yet, which is really fun to she's see only her. She's got like a month to go, to right, or six weeks to go? Yeah. Yep, that's okay though. We're there is, uh, you want to be able to make the right decision, so yep. not always the fastest decision. But right. it's funny, she's the only one in our, in our family doesn't play hockey, but she is she plays a lacrosse, fanatic. right? She plays she's lacrosse, lacrosse. yeah. She's captain of the uh, lacrosse team, captain of the cross country team, uh, bragging about her a little bit. But she will go to any rink, anytime, anywhere to watch hockey. It's really, just so fun to watch. She just loves it. She just loves it. And I'm thinking, okay, well, I wonder what she's going to do. Is she going to be a scout someday for a team? Is she going to be? <laughs> That's crazy. So, yeah. yeah. And, and your two daughters look a lot alike, or is it just me? Every time yeah, I, they do. Okay, okay. I just want to make sure. Because every time I see them, I'm like, oh, is that the older one or the younger one? They look so much alike. Well, and they look like they Jimmy. Look like their mom. I think they look yeah, like Jimmy. Yep. Yeah. And Jimmy's the youngest, so he's a ninth grader uh, at Chaska. Yeah. So, and he plays hockey, obviously, and baseball. <laughs> yep. Yeah. the The baseball got put on hold uh, Did it really? here. So, oh yeah, because they're not yeah, playing this year, are they? Spring sports. Yeah. Are all spring so sports canceled? Yeah. Uh, as of right now, they, they oh, are. Just, they're they're just waiting bad. to see here. But yeah, but Jimmy loves hockey and loves the rink and loves his buddies, and uh, he's uh, trying to figure out what he wants to do here in the future. So it's going good for him. All right. So talk about his experience. Was it in Switzerland? Is that where they went? The, the junior Olympic team? He gets home. Yeah. From, he gets home from this trip. What is he, what's the first thing he tells you? What, what's your, what's his big takeaway from, 
from going there and playing the in that guys environment. guys were great, Dad. The guys were so much fun. I just like, uh, well, okay, wait a second here. You just got to go play against all these other great athletes at the old four level. And they had a little Olympic village. And yes. They had, uh, and it was, the guys were the best. I had so much fun with the guys. And I was like, okay, I get this. This That's... is what, this is why you do this. It's who you're hanging out with and who you're surrounding yourself with. Um, but that was his first uh, take out of it. And then he was just, he loved playing against the Russians. He said, yeah, he just those guys been. are strong. Yeah. And yeah. they played the game so well and passed the puck. But he loved that experience. I mean, he hated losing. It was, right. He was pretty ticked, uh, which was uh, great because you want to, to teach competition and be competitive when you're playing sport. But for him to respond as the guys are great and he enjoyed playing against the Russians. Um, so, once again, you lost to him, and so now you're now you're now driven. The fire, maybe he's got the same fire as you do. That'd be a that's a heck of a fire, that's for sure. So, who made the trip? I know that your wife Anne went. Anyone else from? I know you didn't go. Who else from your family went? Anyone else go to Switzerland? Or was it just your wife? Yeah, just our wife. That's financial it. reasons. It's expensive. Yeah, so yeah. she just she gets a chance to go, but she ended up going with her sister. Okay, so her sister, sister went. With her. Okay, all right. Yeah, so they had some fun over there together. I got a chance to go to Switzerland, and and she, my wife, just told me that that's when she first started to hear about the coronavirus. Yeah, uh, it was uh, when she just coming back because she got uh, pulled aside and got uh, examined at the airport. Really, and the people were telling her about, yeah, well, we're kind of checking on coronaviruses and seeing about bacteria and yada yada yada, and so that's when she first. So that's why as that came back news from her telling me that's kind of what made us think about our schooling, uh, three months from now, what How it to address like. it. but yeah, but so, yeah, but he had a great experience, really, uh, coaching staff was great. And then, uh, that was his really, well, it's kind of a second take with USA hockey. He had a chance, uh, to go out to New York last, summer. Uh, yeah, last summer. And then, uh, this would be news of hockey. And, some of these guys that are part of it, um, uh, Kevin Ryder, uh, yep. Rod Braceville, you probably know Rod. I these know guys both of them well, yes. Yeah, great guys. Just really sound human beings. And Jimmy's taking a liking to those guys and, and, and saying, oh, these guys are pretty nice. And they're thoughtful. They're helpful. So USA Hockey's doing a great job with uh, building a great program. All right. Well, we have hit our one-hour limit. Did you survive? Uh, a little bit painful saying some of those stories. <laughs> Tell, telling you, Tony, it's yeah. Uh, you do such a great job with uh, promoting kids and helping kids, and you do it politically correct, where you're helping all and everybody. Uh, and now, and now, what I think of the entrepreneurship, I'm thinking about you and okay, how you can't get into the rinks right now. You're not allowed to yeah. go in the ring. That's where you excel, and that you do so good. But coming up now with some podcasts and talking to kids and. Tony, you do a great job uh, oh, awesome. make, spreading, spreading words in Minnesota hockey and, and helping kids and sharing stories about kids. Uh, I know you can't reach all of them. No, and, and, I, and I know, knowing you personally, you believe every kid's a great hockey player. Uh, and it all depends what level they're at. Yeah, we want to um, find them. You, you see a few. I remember you telling me a story about a, one of the greatest games you saw was he dying of Pee-wee C's, I think it, it was. was. Squirt C's. Squirt yeah. C's. But yeah, it was And crazy. one of the greatest games you ever saw. And and that's really essentially what Minnesota hockey is. It doesn't necessarily about being the best. No. Uh, it's not about not being. It's it's just pl- participating in the game. And you sell every level, which yeah. is really fun we love to me to see as a fan. So thank you, Tony. It's great. Oh, well, thank you, Snuggie. It's always a blast running into you. Uh, sometimes we agree and sometimes we disagree on some things. But when we, at the end of the day, uh, we have a mutual love for the game. And I uh, appreciate you coming on to the show today and uh, telling some tales. And, you know, going back from your younger years all the way to uh, your days now as a, as a leader of a great school at Breakaway Academy. Thanks, Tony. Thanks for the time today. Appreciate it. All right. Take care, Snuggy. All right. Sounds good. Bye.